Welcome to episode 12 of Cyberbytes the Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cooper, co-founder of Astron Search. Today's guest, we have CISO James Azar. James is no stranger to a pod. He actually hosts the CyberHUD podcast every 9am, Monday through Thursday, so definitely check it out. On this episode, we talk about the importance of self-learning and development, his recent experience interviewing and the effects of ghosting and what that can do to the bottom line of your business. We cover the three types of CISO and we something James really feels strongly about, the importance of having strong leadership skills. How are you, man? Doing well, buddy. How are you? Yeah, really good. I think uh, congratulations are in order for you, right? New role released on LinkedIn yesterday. It, it is, yes. It's a, it's, a, it's a new era in time where I double roll myself because why the hell not? Why not? Why not? So is it AP4 Group that you've you've just joined? It is. Yes. Nice. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about those a little bit later because I know that's a, di- a bit of a different industry for you. But what I've been doing with all my guests is just running through their career to date. Uh, and really going back to how, first of all, you got into security. Yeah, so so my journey into security is actually a very funny one. Um, and I think like most security jour- journeys, there's no clear path to how you become a security professional. There's a, I volunteered, I somehow ended up there, or it somehow took me there. So so for me, for, for me, it's the latter. I, you know, finished my military service, went on and worked in telecom. And while I was in telecom, security was one of the things I was really focused on. It was one of my roles. Um, and then from there, went into tech and, you know, go back to 2009, what was security? What was cyber in 2009? But I've somehow always found myself kind of drawn as we were developing different products and working on different, different you know, um, projects. Well, how are we addressing security? What happens when, if, if and when these get hacked? And so I started self-educating myself, essentially made myself a master. Um, and, and I don't call myself an expert. And you notice that I'll never say expert anywhere. Uh, people may say you're an expert, but I don't think anyone's ever an expert in anything. Um, you may know a bunch about it, but you're not an expert. Founded two companies, one of which was a fintech security company. Um, and, and both of those companies were, were successful in, in acquisitions and, um, ended up becoming a global CISO for one of my acquiring firms. And, uh, today I'm the CTO and CSO over at AP4 Group. So I've switched from financial services to utilities, um, which I'm told I should start repeating the AA mantra, you know, serenity and thank God for all the things I can control and for all the things I can't apparently yeah. because you're going to have to say that a lot in this industry is what yeah. I'm told. I can only imagine. Where did you do your uh, military service? Was that? U.S. Army. It was the U.S. Army. Because I was listening yeah. to uh, one of your pods the other day and it was, you started speaking Hebrew with, or singing Hebrew. Yeah, yeah. so I fact. speak fluent Hebrew. We were singing Omer Adam, yeah, on Soso Talk with Olivia Rose. Yeah, we were singing in Hebrew. It was funny. I put every CISO on the uh, hot seat on the show. Yeah. Right in the yeah. last three. And, and, and my last three questions are, uh, uh what word would you throw in the buzzword graveyard and get rid of forever? Bury yeah. it. Never to be seen again, only to see a tombstone with its name and be damned if you say it. And what was the last song you listened to before you came on the show? And what's the book you're reading? And so she was talking about the fact that she was listening to a Hebrew song. And I was like, I listen to Hebrew music all the time. Hell, before I recorded with you right now, I was listening to Hebrew music. So 
like it's it's more a beat and it's 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 fun and um it's how I practice my language skills because I speak Hebrew and Arabic and, and and a few other languages. And so music is a great way to keep kind of that language alive in your brain. Yeah, nice. So I know obviously a lot of the, the Israeli uh military service end up going through and creating the startup. So that's why I just wondered if it was over that side. It, it does seem like that, right? Because everyone but the thing about Israel is everyone's always got military in their background because it's mandatory. It's compulsory yes. service, right? Yeah. So if you didn't do military and you're from Israel, you're like, how? What'd you do? How'd you get out of it? Because you've got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So where did your, so you built, built and scaled and sold a business. Um, so where was the first like CISO role for you? What was, what was that one? So it was in my own companies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I never wanted to be a CEO of my, my own business. Mm-hmm. I've always had a CEO, whether it was, uh, you know, now my, my, my wife or, or at the time it was someone who shared my vision uh, for, for whatever I was working on. So, so for me, it was, I never wanted to do raising money the day, the day of the business, the sales and marketing aspects were nice, but it wasn't where I found my passion. I wanted to be in the technology. I wanted to be in the trenches and I wanted to up the processes and, you know, between 2009, I think, to 2015, it's fair to say that cyber was a complete and absolute afterthought. Not a lot of organizations had CISOs. The one that did were the Fortune 1000s. And the CISO role was predominantly policy and not very operational, right? IT still managed security. The CISO simply put out some policies, audited those policies, made sure everything was compliant. And, and yeah. that was the CISO role. And I was more operational and hands-on in my own org because well when i was the founder so i had the chops to do it and and so i didn't go through some of the growing pains that i think a lot of my peers go through where they some of them could have been it help desk people i never did help desk work right um i never was an analyst in a sock um, i've been an entrepreneur i've been always kind of wanting the lead i think that's what the military instills in a lot of us mm-hmm. and so that's just kind of I fell into leadership, but then I realized that good leaders also know how to work with the tools that their people are working on. And so I taught myself everything that everyone would start to learn. I taught myself from, from a position of, of, of leadership. So I spent time learning what people did. From Research did in order to be a better, a better leader to them and be able to guide them because they're going to look for me for guidance. And if I can't give it to them, then by all means, they're not, you know, there's very little upside for people to work in a company. Mm. Um, and you know this, you're in recruiting, right? Mm. Very little upside. But most people don't care about the money. They care about the upside. What am I going to learn? What am I going to be working on? So if you can't give them that, then they're going to leave. It doesn't matter what you pay them. You're just going to have high turnover. So yeah. I taught myself everything I did. Everything really? I know today, I taught myself. Good. It's really interesting. All these books, that. all these books, and then another library upstairs. Nice. I read. What's your favorite book? I'm going to ask it now. <sighs> That's a very, very broad question. Maybe the last one you read. That might be a good one. The last one you so, read. So so the last book I read was actually my my Torah this morning. Um, okay. Today's a, a, we're, we're recording this, you know, and, and, and I'm sure this will air later because it's not a live show, but uh, today's a, a, the Jewish calendar is very different from, from the Georgian calendar. So today's the beginning of a month. It's a new Jewish month that starts today. And so uh, we, we read a bunch of portions of Torah in the morning and, and every morning before I start my day, I, 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 I go through about 20 minutes of uh, reading the Torah and that's, 
that's the last thing I read today because I haven't had a chance to read anything else. I know. Let's go on to every morning because I know you you host your own podcast, so it's no stranger huh? to a podcast. How and why are you so committed to every day? It's, it's every day at nine o'clock, Monday through Thursday, right? You you run the, the Cyber Talk Hub, the the Cyber Hub podcast, Cyber yeah. Hub podcast. Sorry, how? Yeah. Why? How? When did this happen? Like it's a lot of dedication. Like I must admit, <laughs> you know, I've done I've done them from hotel rooms. Um, I've done them from porches at events, um, live streaming from my phone, uh, just holding my phone up. So, so it, it really started five years ago. Um, I started podcasting five years ago, four, four, four months, four years, 10 months ago. Uh, in May, it'll be five years. And so I, I, I've always been a podcaster. I was listening to Joe Rogan before Joe Rogan was Joe Rogan. Nice. Fair, fair, like that, that's how long I've been into podcasting. I used to travel a lot, obviously, when I had my own business. And I, I never got into audiobooks. But I loved the podcast. I loved two people talking. I used to watch Jay Leno as a kid and go, why is this interview only 10 minutes? This conversation could be like an hour long and it'd still be super interesting. And so that's what podcasting was for me. And as I, the further I dipped into security, the less of, of five years ago, the less podcasts I found that had value for practitioners. Almost every single podcast I got into was someone creating a problem because they have a solution to a problem. We're talking about a problem that's serious enough, but then it was all around problems and how this one tool can solve all of the world's issues. But no one was really talking about the real challenges of being in the trenches and having taught myself stuff, having had to work with my teams and a whole bunch of different challenges we experienced. I was like, I'm going to put stuff out there that has nothing to do with selling anything, no sales, no bullshit, just, a practitioner point of view. I don't care if I get sponsors. I'm not trying to make money off of this, right? Um, my 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 intention is purely let's put out great content for the community. Five years in May that I've been doing it, I've never spent I think more. I think in the five years I've spent about a thousand dollars on advertising in total. Mm. So that's about two hundred dollars a year. Um, you know, our our CyberHub podcast in the morning gets about ten thousand downloads a day. CISO talk gets anywhere between, you know, seven to 15, 12, 13, 15,000 on, on really good episodes. Mm -hmm. And that's a weekly show that I do. And I'm doing it in seasons now, obviously. So I'm, I do like 40 episodes a year, just about. So 20 episodes a season. Uh, now it's season three and season three will wrap up in June. And then um, we'll take June, July off and come back in August until, you know, oh, yeah. the holiday. On, on that one, the CISO series, you've obviously spoken to a ton of CISOs over the, the five mm. years that you've been doing it. Everyone has a different track, which you mentioned earlier. What would you say are some of the sort of like the common traits or characteristics that most or if not all of the CISOs you've spoken to might have? So a common trait between all the CISOs is very hard to come mm. through, and I'll tell you why. There's really three types of CISOs when, and I've kind of broken it down and it's something I'm writing on my Substack now. It's actually one of the uh, um, Substack articles I've, I've, I've been working on in part of my book, which is kind of around the whole process of um, three types of CISOs. There's the technical IT background CISO that, you know, 
that IT help desk was a network engineer or, you know, an IT engineer and went through the ranks and yep. ended up in a CISO role. Then there's the lawyers that ended up in a CISO role. No technology background at all. They're simply legal people. And, and, and in some organizations, they viewed the CISO role as being more litigious than technical. And, and then the third is, is, is predominantly around compliance. And what I mean by compliance, I mean more policy driven right? Or more kind of law enforcement driven. So that's where you see former FBI agents become CISOs. So, you know, the, those three traits have three very, very different paths. If I'd say one thing they all have in common is they, they, they kind of all, all understand the fact that you need a lot of leadership to be in a CISO role. You also, you're, you're never really there, right? Lawyers don't know tech, so by all means, they try to educate themselves on technology. Technologists don't really worry about compliance until they have to worry about compliance and you become a CISO. Yeah. Compliance is typically one of the first things you worry about. And a compliance CISO is is a more balanced person I've seen. Nice. From the how, people I've interviewed. Yeah, yeah. How how about interviewing for a CISO role recently? Because I know you was on the market and have since yeah. landed something. How, how was that experience? Wow. So I, I gotta tell you something. And, and I think every HR person should, should hear this, right? You're interviewing people for a job that you may feel like you're in a position of power. And you might be because you're in a position to make a decision whether or not you hire someone. You're also a representative of your company. Your company sells products and services. People associate their experience in the interview process to the brand, not to you personally. A very bad HR manager with very bad recruiting processes can really turn people off from wanting to do business with your organization further down the road. That's something that I think may be overlooked sometimes. I've had some amazing interviews with some people and I've had some companies where you go through four or five interviews and they ghost you. Not an email, not a text message, nothing. It's like taking a girl out on three dates. Yeah. Going like, we've had the greatest time ever. Everyone's like, you're great. You're just what we're looking for. And then you hear nothing. Yeah. I think Me or is it you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the bottom line then, just talking about sort of the business bottom line can have like an ultimately an effect, a knock-on effect of that. There are, there are companies that in the last several months as I was interviewing, where I know that if their sales reps reached out to me, wow, there's just, I'm not going to be mean to their sales reps, they're not responsible for it, but I'm just going to be like, we, we're just probably not going to do business with y'all. And if they ask why, it's like, very simple. We spoke to your organization. I did personally. Mm. And you guys had zero follow-up. So if you did that to someone you were trying to hire, what are you going to do to a customer? Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Interesting one. So the new role that you, you, you've you just got into AP4, I know, is it utilities? Uh, it's utilities, yes. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you saw, but um, Rob Lee from Drago's was on uh, in the Senate today and it sort of live streamed yeah. about the, the, the... I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to watch it. I won't spoil it. It was, it was really, really interesting. Um, he's obviously a super switched on man within the space and um, fascinating to think how crazy and dangerous it is. <laughs> the whole critical infrastructure piece. So I think people often overlook critical infrastructure. And I think that's the reason I, I took the AP4 position. One, I mean, the people there are unbelievable. Like, let me just tell you from the, the process itself, um, 
to the, to the whole kind of negotiations to the onboarding, just spot on one of the greatest teams of and, and professional teams I've been a part of, but the mission around utilities, like I said, when I wanted to get a role, my next role, people, you know, a lot of recruiters reached out. Mm. What are you looking for? We'll help you. I'm looking for something meaningful. That's where I am in my life today. I want to do something meaningful. I want to make something better than what it was when I got it. And utilities to me, after attending several utilities events over the last three, four months, it's kind of made it a point that I'm like, ah, this industry could use some more smart people getting into it. And I had a conversation with my good buddy, James McQuiggan at an event in Miami um, a few months ago, uh, last month, in fact, in mm -hmm. February. And um, it's like, James, this is an industry that needs a lot of smart people. It's very frustrating. It needs people with fortitude that can understand that changes here are slow, but it needs change and people that can see it through. And I'm like, well, that's the challenge I want. And AP4 came through and it was just match made in heaven for me. Nice, nice. What about when you're actually hiring for for folks for your team? What 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 are you looking for then? You mentioned smart just then and intelligent folks. Yeah, so so I'm looking for passionate people, right? I don't care about your certs. Care if you went to university or not. No disrespect to both of those institutions, um, but neither of them tells me who you are. There's some very smart people who went to. There's some very dumb people who went who have PhDs. We can all point to one or two in our lives or within our circle, but you can be like, this person went 12 years to college, got a PhD, they're half a million dollars in debt. No wonder. Yeah. Other people don't learn from college and, and, and certs, and that's okay. I, I self-taught. Some people can self-teach. Look for passion. I look for integrity. Nice. What about be honest. Be what honest. About yeah, 100%. What about some of the, the resources that you use to, to self-learn? What, what what What's your, what's your go-to at the moment? Or have you got any particular resources you look at? You know, so, so there's a lot of great people out there that do a lot of awesome content, right? You can shout out Jason Dion. He does some amazing stuff at entry level. Um, Jason and his team, uh, you can talk about Gerald, and I forgot Gerald's last name. Um, oh God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gerald Ogre. Yep. Exactly. He does some unbelievable content and I, and I watch those guys. A lot of their content is predominantly entry level, but it's great content for leaders that understand what your entry level people are coming with hands-on experience, mm -hmm. right? Someone who comes from Gerald from going through a bunch of Gerald trainings, that's probably worth more than a security plus just saying like Gerald's a superstar in his role of the work he does. So is Jason Dion, the stuff that he does around IT and security and networking. And like, I don't know that there are other people who, who, who are able to do that. I mean, and, 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 and give people hands on, right? So someone's coming, understanding how to use Wireshark. Someone's coming and knows how to use the tools they need to and end map. And, and it's not just, you know, a half a page in a book. It's, four or five hour learning modules. I think that's, that's what we want. Nice. Who I've spoken to a few like CISOs on the pod now and common theme is that they talk about mentoring and having mentors. Who, who do you, do you have a mentor first of all, or who do you really respect in the industry? So, so 
what, what there's about two or three people that I highly respect. Uh, Gary Hayslip's one of them, right? I think Gary's just the work, the, the stuff that he's done for the CISO community. Um, Andy Ellis is another one. Andy's done a ton for this community. Alan Alford, he's done a bunch for the community as well. Uh, you know, you, you can go on. I'm sure I'm like forgetting a whole bunch. Roger Grimes, he's not a CISO, but Roger Grimes over at No Before, the guys were in like 18, 19 books now. 19 books. I have all of his books. There's not, all of his books are addicting. I start reading it and I can't put it down. Nice, nice. Awesome. Well, I guess to, to wrap this one up, what was next for you, James? I know you've obviously got the new role. So so new role, um, kind of this week going through some of the onboarding stuff and kind of easing my way in. Well, what's next for me? Building a team. Obviously, I'll be I'll be hiring here in the very, very near future. Um, maybe as early as next week, I'll start to post jobs out, right? And um and and I think moreover, there's there's a um, continue to learn, right? There's, you know, whenever someone puts expert in their LinkedIn profile, um, it's a red flag for me. Cause how can you be an expert at anything in a world that changes so fast? Can you master anything today? And, and by the way, this goes to, you know, you asked me a question a minute ago about what do you look for in candidates? And I said, you know, integrity, but that goes to the integrity in the interview process. Be honest about what you know. Be honest about what you don't know. That'll go far, far more than you lying and potentially getting caught a few weeks into the job. Yeah. And you lose a lot of the points and a lot of the forgiveness budget that has been put in place for you when when we hired. Because every CISO has some sort of apology budget for new hires. When I hire you, I'm wondering just how big that budget is. And I want to know, honestly. How big should that budget be for you? So being honest is critical. Got it. James, thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks for having me, buddy. Good luck on the podcast and good luck in the new business. I'm so excited. Thanks, Brian.